0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that. Opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Vinny Politan and welcome to the Court TV podcast. We have another audio edition of our original series, Judgment with Ashley Banfield, where we take you in for a closer look at the biggest cases from the Court TV podcast trial archives. Millions of people around the world were left shocked when Michael Jackson, the king of pop, suddenly passed away in June of 2009 as a result of a lethal dose of a powerful anesthetic. The only thing more shocking is when his personal physician, Dr. Conrad Murray, who took an oath swearing to protect his patients, stood trial charged in his death. Featuring interviews with the state expert witness, Dr. Stephen Schaefer, juror Debbie Franklin, and defense anesthesiology expert, Dr. Paul White, this is Judgment of Dr. Conrad Murray. This is the Court TV Podcast. Yes, sir, I need an ambulance as soon as
1: possible, sir. We have a gentleman here that needs help and he's not breathing. He's unconscious. He's not breathing. Not no, breathing. he's not conscious, sir. OK. I'm going to do CPR right now, OK? We have a personal doctor here with him, sir. Oh, you have uh, a doctor there? Did anybody witness what happened? No, it's just the doctor, sir. The doctor's been the only one here.
2: Jackson was an icon, the king of pop, and to many, the greatest entertainer to ever grace the stage. His 44-year-long career was full of unbelievable highs and devastating lows. In 2005, he was accused and tried on child molestation charges. He was eventually found not guilty, but the trial had a huge impact on his reputation and on his mental health. He withdrew from public life and he left the country. By 2009, reports surfaced he was in dire financial straits, that his career had stalled, and that he suffered from acute insomnia. But just when it appeared he was on track to make a successful comeback with a global tour, tragedy struck. At the age of 50, Michael Jackson died of a drug overdose.
3: We have breaking news for you tonight. The singer Michael Jackson is
0: reported to have died from a heart attack. Even though I'm standing here with all these
4: people and these cameras, I still don't believe it. 50 years old, like how? Why?
5: I was in the AP Bureau. And someone on the desk called out, there's an ambulance at Jackson's house. We think it's serious. We're right here at Michael's house. And I started making phone calls because they wanted to know what was happening. And I did get a hold of Mark Garagas, who had represented him. I said, Mark, is this it? And he said, I think so, but I can't go on the record and say that I think he's dead. But we found out very quickly that it was all over. It was a huge tragedy.
6: Michael Jackson was the first death of somebody who was known by everybody on the planet, probably since Elvis Presley. There was this feeling that this was going to be just a story of somebody who had a drug overdose. We didn't think that there was going to be anybody behind it. (laughs) Michael Jackson was staging this big comeback. You know, it had been a long time since he'd had number one hit. But the thinking was, if anybody could do it, Michael Jackson could. These will be my final
7: show performances in London. This will be it, this is it. And when I say this is it, it really means this is it.
5: The trial in Santa Maria, in which he was charged with child molestation, was a kangaroo court. I think Michael had been worn down by the trial. I think it destroyed his self-confidence. He was trying to
6: regain some of his celebrity. When Michael Jackson was doing the moonwalk, he was in his 20s. Now he's 50 and he's trying to do the same things on stage. There was a lot going on with him and he couldn't sleep and he was in pain and he needed help.
5: He wanted to have a doctor traveling with him and he chose Conrad Murray. Our Las Vegas bureau did a lot of research on Conrad Murray, and we learned that he had a kind of sketchy past. He
6: somehow wheedled his way into Michael's good graces. If you'd asked anybody on the day that Michael Jackson died, who's going to be charged with this, you might say, oh, some drug dealer somewhere. But you would never think a doctor. state of California plaintiff versus Conrad Robert Murray, defendant, case S.A. 073-164. Dr. Murray is present in court with his counsel, Mr. Chernoff, Mr. Flanagan, Mr. Gorgian, Mr. Pena. Mr. Walgan, do the people wish to present an opening
0: statement? Yes, Your Honor. You may.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, the evidence in this case will show that Michael Jackson literally put his life in the hands of Conrad Murray. The evidence in this case will show that Michael Jackson trusted his life to the medical skills of Conrad Murray. That misplaced trust cost Michael Jackson his life. The coroner's office concluded this was in fact a homicide. That the cause of death was acute propofol intoxication coupled with the contributory factor of the additional benzodiazepines in his system.
7: Propofol is an intravenous anesthetic. A small dose of it will make you a little bit sedated, but as the doses get larger and larger, the brain becomes more and more depressed until eventually the brain ceases electrical activity. When you're turning the brain off, you're turning off the body's defenses and most importantly is the ability to breathe. You are rendering the person exceptionally
8: vulnerable
7: to dying.
8: The acts and the omissions of Michael Jackson's personal doctor, Conrad Murray, directly led to his premature death at the age of 50.
9: I thought the prosecution did an excellent job. And I think from the beginning, even in their opening statement, they kind of outlined, like, these are the certain things that are unethical, he should not have been doing, and we're gonna follow through with this theme throughout the trial. And they really stuck to that and really hammered home that you can't be doing this, you can't be doing this. This is so far out of the norm.
10: During the 10 hours on June 25th, 2009, while Michael Jackson was frustrated because he could not sleep, Frustrated because his doctor refused to give him a drug that he preferred, that he wanted. Michael Jackson self administered a dose of propofol that, with the lorazepam, created a perfect storm in his body that killed him
11: instantly. Dr. Murray thought the world of Michael Jackson. He would, you know, buy popsicles for Mr. Jackson's children, like a family friend. I think people know Mr. Jackson used propofol for many years. I think Conrad recognized the danger, and that was one of the reasons he stopped using the infusion a few days before Mr. Jackson's demise, because he realized that it would be very difficult to manage this infusion while on tour in in Europe. So he wanted to try to wean him off the propofol and used benzodiazepines as a a substitute. But as a hypnotic or a sleep drug, propofol is superior to benzodiazepines. It's hard to achieve the same quality. Dr. Murray is not a perfect man. He's an
10: imperfect man, like all of us. That I grant you. But in this criminal court, we believe he's not guilty. Thank you.
12: Did Dr. Murray ever mention to you having administered propofol to Michael Jackson?
1: No, he did not.
7: What he did was attempt to hide the evidence.
1: And then he grabbed a handful of vials and said, here, put these in a bag.
2: The prosecutors began their case by laying out a timeline of what occurred in the days prior to Michael Jackson's death. Beginning with his poor physical condition during rehearsals for his This Is It tour,
6: at this time, Mr. Wogan, you may present your case.
8: Thank you. Uh, the people would call Kenny Ortega to the stand. more
3: time.
8: Now I want to ask you about Friday, June 19th. Did you make observations of Michael that caused you concern?
11: Yes. That my friend wasn't right, that he wasn't well. There was something going on that was deeply troubling me. He was chilled. He appeared lost. I did feel, though, that he was not well at all. There'll be a fan right
8: there uh, off the stage for you. Boom, right there. Did you think he was well enough to rehearse? No. Did he rehearse? He did not. Did you express those concerns uh, to anybody following this June 19th um, encounter? I did. And were you confronted by someone? Yes. By whom?
11: Dr. Murray. He was upset that I didn't allow Michael to rehearse the night before and that I sent him home. He said I, I should stop trying to be an amateur doctor and psychologist and be the director and allow Michael's health to him.
4: The whole, this is it, was a whole different piece. And he did state that the number of shows that he is expected to do. He wasn't sure he could do it. Oh, no,
8: Directly to June 24th, 2009, uh, and ask you about the last rehearsal. How late did the rehearsal last? Uh, as best as you can recall. I remember it was late, so it had to be uh, around midnight. We
6: drove from the Staples Center to the 100 North Carwood residence. He was in good spirits. Sometimes he may want to just drive in and just wave
8: as the car goes by, but he wanted to stop and say hi, I remember they even, he even held small conversations with the fans. So he was, he was in great spirits. And when you then entered onto the property, did you see Dr. Murray's vehicle? Yes, sir. The following day then, June 25th, 2009, did you receive a phone call from Conrad Murray? Yes, sir. It was Dr. Murray. Uh, I can't quote it exactly, but it was, call me right away, thank you. Were you able to make contact with him? Yes, sir. Did he ask you to call 911? No, sir. He
1: said, uh, get here right away. Mr. Jackson had a bad reaction. Get somebody up here immediately.
7: When Conrad Murray discovered that Michael Jackson had suffered a ventilatory and cardiac arrest, what he did was attempt to hide the evidence of giving propofol to Michael Jackson.
10: Would it be strange for Dr. Murray to call you in the event of emergency at the house? First, as yeah, the first, first person he calls. First. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Jackson's dying. It would.
1: I proceeded to go into the house, and then I told Michael, "Muir, I'm, I'm inside the house." And then he proceeded to tell me, "Okay, now run up the stairs." Once I was uh, reaching the top of the the stairs and I came to the landing, Dr. Conrad Murray was coming from a hallway towards the bedroom. He said, "Uh, Alberto, come, come quick. When I walked into the room and I turned towards my right, I observed Mr. Conrad Murray giving chest compressions to Mr. Jackson. He was laying on his back um, with his hands extended out. And I observed that his eyes were were slightly open, or were open and his mouth was uh, uh, open. He reached over and grabbed a handful of vials, and then he reached out to me and said, here, put these in a bag. He pointed uh, towards the IV stand. Okay, an IV
8: stand again uh, was in this general area right there in Peoples 23
1: near this chair? Correct. He pointed uh, to a bag and he said, now grab that bag and put that in the blue bag.
7: He's got a phone in his hand. 911. But that's not what he did. He called for security help, and when security help arrived, he didn't say, Oh my God, we have to save Michael Jackson's life. He said, Help me clean this up. It speaks for itself.
1: The bag was at my eye level, so I was able to notice that there was a bottle
8: inside this bag. I have a, uh, a photograph taken at a subsequent time, Your Honor, depicting a, a clear saline bag and a 100-milliliter propofol bottle. At that time, did Conrad Murray instruct you to call 911? Yes,
1: sir. He's not breathing, and we're trying to pump him, but he's not. He's OK. Not sir. OK, how old is he? He's uh, 50 years old, sir. 50, OK. Did anybody witness what happened? Uh, no, just the doctor, sir. The doctor's been the only one here. OK, so did the doctor see what happened? Uh, um, doctor, did you see what happened, sir? Sorry, you, 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 you just. Uh, um, if you can please. Uh, you run away.
12: What time did you arrive at the Carrollwood residence?
10: Twelve twenty-six.
12: Now describe Dr. Murray's demeanor, please. Frantic. Describe for me, please, Mr. Siniff, what efforts you are undertaking at this point in time to assist the patient.
11: I'm trying to gather as much information as I can to find out what exactly the problem is.
12: Did you ask Dr. Murray whether or not the patient was taking any medications or had been given any medications?
11: Yes, I did. At that point, he said, uh, no, he's not taking anything. And then he followed that up with, I just gave him a little bit of lorazepam uh, to sleep.
12: Did Dr. Murray ever mention to you having administered propofol to
11: Michael Jackson? No, he did not. He probably didn't respond as well as he should have initially because I think he was extremely upset, as anyone would. I mean, we were all shocked when we heard on the news that Michael Jackson has died. I mean, he's an icon, and he's somebody we all looked up to as an unbelievable, talented performer. I think Dr. Murray was administering Propofol in a way that, that I would not support or recommend.
5: He was clinically dead. He did not have a pulse.
8: Now, despite this condition, in your opinion, of Michael Jackson being clinically dead upon arrival, uh, were attempts made to revive Mr. Jackson?
12: Yes.
3: The emergency room physician, they believed it was a heart attack, partly because of what Mr. Murray had told them. Never told them anything about any other narcotics or anything. They just believed he had had a heart attack and stopped breathing. At
8: 226, uh, did you make uh, the determination to again pronounce Mr. Jackson dead? Yes. We said, I'd
5: like to have some milk. He had no nurse, nobody. Just him and
13: Michael. i don't know this is just some medicine. What is the medicine called
5: And it was really a disaster waiting to happen.
2: Deputy District Attorney David Walgren shifted the state's focus to the investigation. And the search of Michael Jackson's home at 100 North Carolwood Drive in Holmby Hills, California. What detectives found inside would quickly take this from a mere cardiac arrest to a possible homicide?
8: About four o'clock this afternoon, robbery homicide division was notified of this incident and directed by the chief of police to come out and handle the death investigation.
3: When I arrived, Dr. Murray was gone. I called him several times, his voicemail filled up, but he did not get back to me on that day. In the room where he was being treated, a bottle of propofol had fallen on the ground and rolled under this moving nightstand.
8: In your initial scene investigation of this room, did you locate a 20-milliliter bottle of propofol?
12: Yes, I did. On the floor next to the left side of the bed.
8: Miss Bleek showing you Peoples 133, is this the blue Costco bag that was recovered from the cabinet? Yes, it is. Did you find a, a saline bag inside of the blue Costco bag?
12: Yes.
11: And what was its condition?
12: It had a cut in it, and there was a 100-milliliter vial of propofol inside the saline bag.
11: Apparently, it was a lot of propofol. In fact, my understanding is that there were duffel bags full of ampules of propofol in the Jackson house.
8: At some point, following your receipt of the toxicology results and following your consultations with the various medical consultants, were you able to make a determination as to the manner of death regarding Michael Jackson? Yes. And what was the manner of death? Uh, the manner was homicide.
6: One of the things that he had in the system was propofol. Well, who gave him the propofol? Who had access to it? And through investigation, it was Conrad Murray.
8: Were you made aware through Dr. Murray's defense attorneys that they wished to set up a, a meeting or an interview? Yes. And did you record this interview? Yes. How long have you been uh, Dr. Kerr?
4: this yes, I first um, started attending to him in 2006. Mr. Murray was brought in when the children was sick, it was late January. Before Mr. Jackson introduced Dr. Murray to the children, he brought him into the room, and I think Mr. Jackson had quite a few questions. They talked for almost 45 minutes, but he had a big thing about trust. I was
13: telephoned by Amir, letting me know that Mr. Jackson was finished in rehearsal. Once. Michael arrives. What takes place? The usual thing
4: is that he wants to sleep. Does he go to sleep? No, he does not even to sleep. Not for That this is it, tour. So many people wanted to get at him, and I mean get at him as to be part of him. The stress of the lawyers, the managers, the production. Everybody wanted him. If there was anything we discussed was, now you're going to see the vultures come out.
13: Basically, I would put an IV. For dehydration or? Hydration as well, because you know, when he exercises or dances, he loses a lot of fluid.
1: And what happened next?
13: Um, We talked a little bit, and then um, I gave him medication to help him sleep. What, What did you give him? He took a volume that he had, one pill. 10 milligrams orally. He needed to sleep, so then I gave him additional medications,
1: which was the high form of lorazepam. And he proceeded to tell us that, uh, you know, Michael just couldn't sleep. He was just so amped up about this upcoming concert. He, by nature, had a hard time sleeping. After an hour of watching him,
13: he was still wide awake. He continued to complain. He cannot sleep. So I gave him something called medazla. And how much of that did you give him? I gave him uh, two milligrams.
3: In my head, I was thinking, what the heck? To drug someone to sleep, even with their permission, the way that he did. I didn't think it was legal. It was four thirty in the morning and he was wide awake, and then he complained. I got to see Dr. Conrad. I have these rehearsals to
7: perform. I must be ready for the show in England. I cannot function if I don't get the sleep. It's not a dangerous drug cocktail in the right hands. People who know the doses, they know the timing, and they are all set up for the expected Result of that combination, which typically is that you're going to have to take over ventilation for your patient.
13: Daylight came upon us. Mr. Jackson, it's still a week. 6 6.30 now. No, you're beyond 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And nothing has worked. And now he's really complaining. He said, Please, please give me some so that I can see you because. I knew that this is all that's really good. Hot, help, warmer. This is just the medicine. What? What
4: that is he was familiar with? What, what is the medicine called from before?
5: Murray was a doctor. It was up to him to say no. He had no nurse, no helper, nobody. Just him and Michael, and it was really a disaster waiting to
6: happen. Propofol isn't just some sleep aid. This was a really hardcore medication.
13: Then I needed to go to the bathroom. No, I came back. He wasn't breathing.
2: The prosecution continued to play for the court. The police interview with Conrad Murray. The jury listened intently as Murray revealed both Michael Jackson's request for the drug that ended his life and the doctor's desperate attempt to save him.
11: The Los Angeles courtroom listened to audio from a police interview with Murray, who admitted he administered Michael Jackson propofol prior to his death on June 24th,
10: 2009.
6: Propofol isn't just some sleep aid. That's not something you can get a prescription for because you're having trouble sleeping. Propofol is part of the process of putting you to sleep before surgery. Conrad Murray wasn't an anesthesiologist. He was a cardiologist. He shouldn't have had access to propofol, and he certainly shouldn't have been giving it to patients.
13: How much did you administer initially? So 25 milligrams.
7: Conrad Murray stated that he'd only given two and a half cc's. That's just 25 milligrams of propofol, a trivial dose of drug. That's totally inconsistent with the pharmacokinetics of the drug. Totally inconsistent with what was measured in the urine. Totally inconsistent with the empty 100 mil bottle of propofol that was hanging over Michael Jackson's head. The amount of propofol in Michael Jackson's urine suggests that he had received about 200 mils. 100 mils of propofol is what I would use over about one and a half to two hours if I'm providing general anesthesia for a patient. So when Conrad Murray says, I just gave two and a half cc's of propofol,
13: he's lying. Okay, so now we're at roughly 10.50, 11 o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. What takes place next? Well, you know, he's now asleep. I sat watch him for long enough period that I felt comfortable then I needed to go to the bathroom.
5: He did one thing that no doctor would ever have done if he was really a doctor.
6: He left the room. Do you solemnly state that the testimony you may give in the cause now pending before this court shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth will help you, God? Yes, I do. Please be seated.
12: Turning your attention, to June 25th of 2009 did Conrad Murray call you that day yes and you reviewed phone records or looked at records prior to coming to court today indicating that that call placed by Conrad Murray to your cell phone occurred at 11:51 a.m. is that accurate yes you asked dr. Murray how he is doing yes and what did he say to you he just said well and then paused. And then that's when I said, well, let me tell you about my day. And I started telling him about my day. And did he respond back to you? No, that's when I realized he was no longer on the phone.
13: Then no, I came back to his bedside, and I was that he was breathing.
12: I, I said, hello, hello, and I didn't hear anything. And I heard, mumbling of voices. It sounded like the phone was maybe in his pocket or something. It was and I heard coughing.
13: So I started immediately to perform CPR and mouth to mouth resuscitation.
7: When a person stops breathing, you have very limited amount of time to bring them back before you have permanent brain damage and then death. I think Michael Jackson was dead and cooling down to room temperature when he found Michael Jackson.
10: We did not find any kind of precision dosing device. Essentially, the doctor would be estimating how much propofol he was giving. And I think it would be easy under those circumstances for the doctor to estimate wrong and give too much propofol.
7: He titrated this infusion, turned it on, using just a little roller clamp, not a very sophisticated method of controlling the rate, until Michael Jackson fell asleep. He had been doing this for Almost sixty days, and I think, probably initially, it scared him a lot more. And by sixty days later, he was much more cavalier, saying, "Oh, I know how to do this. It's no problem." Not realizing every day you're kind of walking up to that cliff. I was trying to
13: the of I tried to Mr. Jackson. I loved him. I had no intentions of hurting him.
9: I think he thought he was his friend. And I think he cared for him a lot. But, you know, he went way over the top doing things he shouldn't have done. I think it got out of hand. And I think he was surprised. When he passed away, I feel that Conrad Murray was shocked that he had passed away. And I think chaos ensued after that.
3: We'd like to call Dr.
7: Paul White. So Paul and I had been friends prior to the trial. I said, Paul, you're walking into a buzzsaw here. You know, you're defending Conrad Murray. How can you do this?
10: So you think it was a self-injection
11: of propofol between 11.30 and 12 o'clock that did it? In my opinion, yes.
2: The prosecutors continued to present their case that it was Murray's negligence that caused the death of Michael Jackson. Their next move was putting doctors on the stand to challenge Conrad Murray's version of events.
8: Prior to your involvement in this case, and your analysis in this case, had you ever heard of any doctor using propofol in their practice of medicine to treat insomnia? I've never heard of it. And in your opinion, is the use of propofol as part of a doctor's medical practice to treat insomnia, gross negligence? Yes. And if the patient, Michael Jackson, was able to administer to himself either lorazepam and or propofol without Conrad Murray's knowledge, doesn't that by necessity mean Conrad Murray was neglecting or abandoning the patient for that to happen without Dr. Murray's knowledge? Yes, sir. When you monitor a patient, you never leave their side, especially after giving Propofol. Would his actions, Dr. Conrad Murray's actions, still be a direct cause uh, in the untimely death of Michael Jackson? Yes, sir.
6: You have to keep in mind that propofol is given in a hospital because there's numerous sets of eyes. That doesn't happen when it's in Michael Jackson's bedroom. This isn't just malpractice. This isn't just, oh, he made a mistake. This is something that he wouldn't have told somebody else that he was doing because any other doctor would say, hey, you can't do that.
8: Good morning, doctor. Good morning.
7: To me, it was unfathomable that somebody with medical training, somebody with so much on the line, somebody with so much to gain, would be so reckless and cavalier in the approach. Virtually none of the safeguards for sedation were in
8: place when propofol was administered to Michael Jackson. And you found that the failure to have such apparatus was another additional egregious violation. Can you uh, elaborate on that, please? Absolutely. In a proper monitor, Michael Jackson, with good lungs,
7: breathing supplemental oxygen, would typically have an oxygen saturation of 100%. All of his blood is completely saturated with oxygen, 100%. When he stopped breathing and had a respiratory arrest, at that point in time, what would happen is that 100 would start to fall to 97, 92, 88, 80. Then alarms start to go off. Alarms to alert you, this patient is in trouble. That would, I would expect have happened within two to three minutes. It makes it impossible to miss the fact that the patient is in serious trouble. Either a simple chin lift, just that alone, or an oral airway to move the tongue out of the way might well have been all that was required to save his life.
9: And I kept thinking, what's the defense gonna counter to that? That's what I keep thinking. Okay, I've heard what the prosecutor says. I know the defense is still coming. How are they gonna counter some of these things?
10: At what point did Michael Jackson bring to your attention that he had a sleep disorder?
4: Many years ago, he spoke to me about uh, his excitement and fear about the tour. What was his fear? I think his fear was that this was a big Obligation, and he didn't want to not do a good job with 50 shows.
10: Did he mention to you any specific um, medicine that he hoped to obtain for these sleep issues?
4: He asked me about intravenous sleep medicine. I think he used the word juice.
8: Dr. Metzger, on April 18, 2009, when Michael Jackson inquired about intravenous sleep medication, you explained to him that that was dangerous, life-threatening, and should not be done outside of a hospital, correct?
4: That's correct.
8: Did you ever give Michael Jackson propofol? Never. Is there any amount of money that you would have, uh, that would have convinced you to give him intravenous propofol in his house?
11: Absolutely not. We do know from the records that Mr. Jackson was receiving large doses of Mepiridine or Demerol in um, Dr. Arnie Klein's uh, clinic which is a highly addictive opioid. Did you see, in reviewing those
10: records, that Arnold Klein had given Mr. Jackson approximately 6,500 milligrams of Demerol during that period of time? I do understand that he was treating Mr. Jackson with Demerol, yes.
11: Murray decided correctly that Jackson needed to be off the propofol infusion. He was completely unaware that Jackson had been receiving regularly doses of a potent addictive narcotic. It appeared that Mr. Jackson was not receiving the Demerol prior in the days leading up to his unfortunate death. And the withdrawal can start rather quickly. Opiate withdrawal is associated with agitation and uh, sleep disorder, so it would have clearly exacerbated any underlying sleep disorder that Mr. Jackson had. I was somewhat perplexed. I thought that there were questions if, in fact, Murray had administered the drugs that he described in his conversations with the police department and the doses that he described, I would not have expected Michael Jackson to have died. I have to say, he got a lot of benzodiazepines as verified by the very high level of lorazepam in the bloodstream he clearly had a lot of drugs present at the time so he gave him a small dose of propofol the defense theory was dr murray admits drawing up 25 milligrams of propofol and he took the syringe out of the side port you you don't leave a syringe in a side port the dose of Propofol that we're talking about, 25 milligrams, that is a dose that might be used uh, to produce a little bit of anxiety relief, a little bit of sleepiness. Jackson seemed to be laying quietly, so Dr. Murray exited the room and made some phone calls. When he returned, uh, Mr. Jackson was in a different position on the bed that he had left him. There was an empty syringe in the IV side port. One asked the question, how did it get there? Obviously somebody put it there. Could it have been Murray? Yes. Could it have been Mr. Jackson? Yes. So you think it was a self-injection of propofol between 11.30 and 12 o'clock that they did it? In my opinion, yes. You know, I'm not gonna say it had to be Mr. Jackson. I think if he did self-administer, it was just a completely accidental situation that he overdosed. I think it was a multifactorial situation that just contributed it. Unfortunately, it peaked at the wrong time.
9: We have no idea what's going on outside. And only once we came up with the verdict, and we went by the windows that you could overlook the front of the courtroom. And that was the first time I was shocked how many people were out there. Justice for Michael!
2: After 22 days, both sides rested. Up until this point, the prosecution had buttoned up a tight case against Conrad Murray, showing negligence and unethical behavior as a doctor. The defense was struggling to prove to jurors that Jackson caused his own death by giving himself an additional dose of propofol. But it all came down to what the jury would believe, and each side would have one more chance to convince that panel with closing arguments.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, the evidence in this case is overwhelming. The evidence in this case is abundantly clear that Conrad Murray acted with criminal negligence, that Conrad Murray caused the death of Michael Jackson, that Conrad Murray left Prince, Paris, and Blanket without a father. For them, this case doesn't end today or tomorrow or the next day. For Michael's children, this case will go on forever because they do not have a father.
4: I did go to LA for the uh, services. That's when it, it became real. Especially when Paris came to the stage.
5: Just wanted to say.
4: Because I've seen her laugh. I've seen her cry.
3: Ever since I
6: was born, Daddy has been the best father you could ever imagine.
4: But I'd never seen her like that. Yeah, I understand. It's a touchy
10: thing to say. Nobody wants to say it. I, mean, I want you to take this case out of Michael Jackson. Take it away from Michael Jackson. Think about that. Take it away. Let's put it somewhere else. Let's put it in a psych hospital some patient kills himself, put it in a hospital where some patient breaks into a cabinet. Put it in a family situation where, where somebody overdoses. Put it anywhere you like. But at least if you make, if you're gonna hold Dr. Murray responsible, don't do it because it's Michael Jackson. So I hope that you do the right thing and find Dr. Murray not guilty. Thank you.
9: think Michael Jackson was the focus of our jury deliberations. Even during the courtroom, everything focused on Conrad Murray. It was about what Conrad Murray did, what he did prior to the death, what he did while they were in the bedroom, how he... It was all about Conrad Murray. And only once we came up with the verdict and we went by the windows that you could overlook the front of the courtroom, and that was the first time I was shocked how many people were out there.
3: Justin Michael,
0: The jury has reached a verdict. Yes, sir.
6: Superior Court of California, Los Angeles County. The people of the state of California plaintiff versus Conrad Robert Murray, defendant. We, the jury in the above-entitled action, find the defendant, Conrad Robert Murray, guilty of the crime of involuntary manslaughter. Alleged victim, Michael
9: Joseph Jackson. How do you get around the no equipment, the... Gallons of propofol that that he's giving him. No monitors, not even watching him while he's in the bedroom under this propofol.
6: Dr. Murray is remanded to the custody of the Los Angeles Sheriff with no bail. In the interim, he is to be kept in the care and custody of the Sheriff and ordered to appear for further proceedings and formal probation and sentencing. The jury convicts him of involuntary manslaughter. His actions resulted in Michael Jackson's death.
5: We are in recess. We are adjourned. I was not surprised at the verdict. I thought he would be convicted. I was surprised that he served as little time as he did.
4: When people would ask me, do I think Dr. Murray killed Mr. Jackson? I say we all did. He did say people expect a full performance from him. If he needed help to sleep because of everything he's going through, if there was a bullet that killed him, there were several hands on the gun. Dr. Murray will always be known for the individual that has something to do with killing Michael Jackson. He has to carry that for the rest of his life.
2: Conrad Murray was given the maximum sentence for involuntary manslaughter, four years in prison. His medical license in Texas was revoked while his California and Nevada licenses were suspended. After serving nearly two years, he was released on parole, October 28, 2013. Conrad Murray currently resides in Florida. According to reports, it's unlikely yet still unclear if he'll ever be allowed to practice medicine again. I'm Ashley Banfield, thanks for watching.
0: There you have it, another deep dive into an incredible trial. If you want to see the full California versus Conrad Murray trial, check the show notes for a link where you can watch it and many other trials for free on demand. And if you want to keep up with the biggest legal and true crime stories, tune into my show, Closing Arguments with Vinnie Politan, weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for downloading, and as always, please don't forget to hug the kids.